It's Thursday, February 20th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Last night, for the first time, Democratic presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg was on the debate stage. Several former employees have claimed that your company was a hostile workplace for women. We'll explain why an argument over non-disclosure agreements became a highlight of the night. Then, President Trump's longtime advisor Roger Stone was sentenced today to over three years in prison. But for Stone, this prison sentence might not necessarily mean prison time. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. We need to talk about something today that a lot of people can't talk about. Non-disclosure agreements, or NDAs. They came up at last night's Democratic primary debate in Nevada, hosted by NBC, MSNBC, and the Nevada Independent Newspaper. When former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg got this question from moderator Hallie Jackson. Several former employees have claimed that your company was a hostile workplace for women. When you were confronted about it, you admitted making sexually suggestive remarks, saying, quote, that's the way I grew up. Bloomberg went on to condemn offensive behavior toward women and said his company is a great place for women to work. Senator Elizabeth Warren then jumped in and basically said, prove it. And she challenged Bloomberg to release women from non-disclosure agreements they had signed in the past. We'll get into that exchange a little later. But first, let's take a look at what NDAs are and the impact they have at the office. So depending on where you work, you may have signed an NDA on your first day on the job or maybe even when you went in for a job interview. The point of them is to make sure that if you learn something that might be a company secret, you're legally barred from sharing it with someone else. They haven't been particularly controversial in most contexts. That's El Camille Hebert. She's a professor of law at Ohio State University and an expert on employee sexual harassment. Corporations might have a client list or other you know, trade secret or other confidential information that they want employees to promise not to disclose, right? The ones that came up in the debate last night are different. They have to do with workplace harassment and might be part of a settlement with your employer. Those settlements can include money, but also a promise not to go public or talk to the media. Because if the news got out about what you experienced, that wouldn't be a good look for the company. For some victims of sexual harassment, this trade-off might be fine. Maybe they don't want to share their experience. And for those who do, they don't have to sign. That's the case Michael Bloomberg tried to make last night. None of them accused me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. And let me just and let me point. There's a be agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. They signed those agreements, and we'll live with it. But Hebert says just calling these NDAs voluntary doesn't tell the whole story. Yes, they're voluntarily signed um, in the sense that no one's holding a gun to their head. But to resolve the case, often, right, employers require them. As in, to settle some cases, you might have to keep quiet. But that silence can have big consequences. Gretchen Carlson was an anchor on Fox News who was fired in 2016. Shortly after, she sued then-Fox News chairman Roger Ailes for sexual harassment. Carlson later settled with Fox, but as part of that deal, she accepted an NDA. She stopped by the skim today, and she said that NDAs like hers prevent other victims from knowing that they're not alone. I mean, at your own workplace, there's no way for other women to know that it's actually happening to somebody else. That's a huge thing. Um, And also it protects the perpetrators because 
since there are NDAs, nobody ever finds out what they're doing, and so they can continue to do the harassment, but they also get to keep their job. And that really isn't fair. But the status quo around these NDAs is starting to change. Pressure is mounting to release people from NDAs in sexual harassment cases. And the culture of silence has changed. NDA, meet Me Too. Hebert says the settlements that include NDAs are just contracts, and if both sides agree, they can be torn up or changed. After allegations of sexual assault and harassment surfaced about NBC anchor Matt Lauer against other NBC employees, the network released those employees from their NDAs and said, you're free to talk about what happened. And that's what Elizabeth Warren tried to get Bloomberg to agree to do last night. What we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there. He has gotten some number of women, dozens, who knows, to sign non-disclosure agreements, both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace. So, Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? Bloomberg responded by saying, nope, these women signed the agreements. I said we're not going to get to end these agreements because they were made consensually and they have every right to expect that they will stay private. But Carlson said that answer shouldn't cut it. To say that women enter into NDAs on a consensual basis is just totally off base. Um, Women are usually forced into signing NDAs and at the very least he should give all of those women the option to be released from them. Some women may choose not to be released, but from all the women I've spoken to across this country, they don't want to be muzzled anymore. But since releasing people from NDAs is voluntary and requires both sides to agree, Carlson is leading an effort to end the practice of forcing people into NDAs in the first place. And several states are starting to follow suit. For example, last year, New Jersey made it illegal for businesses to force people into NDAs in cases of sexual harassment. That would really be the boilerplate kind of legislation that we would like to enact nationally. Some corporations are deciding on their own to get rid of NDAs, and I always say that they're the ones who will be on the right side of history. But if we need to enact federal legislation to make it the law of the land, then we will. To hear The Skim's full interview with Gretchen Carlson, subscribe to our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. Her interview with our founders, Carly and Danielle, comes out on Wednesday. Coming up, why the recent drama over Roger Stone's prison sentence might end up being all for nothing. That's next. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain, your answer is Best Fiends. It's a unique and exciting puzzle experience that doesn't require internet to play, so you can play anywhere. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. With over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Fiends without the R. Best Fiends. Today, Roger Stone was sentenced to 40 months or almost three and a half years in prison. In November, the longtime former political advisor to President Trump was convicted by a federal jury on seven counts. Those counts include witness tampering and lying to Congress, all stemming from special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the 2016 election. There's been a lot of drama over what Roger Stone's prison time should have been. You probably remember that last week, four of the federal prosecutors who worked on the Stone case recommended that he get seven to nine years. Then their bosses, AKA the Justice Department, 
intervene to say that he should get a lighter recommendation. That came after Trump tweeted that the initial memo was a miscarriage of justice. The four prosecutors didn't seem to agree, so they all resigned. Attorney General Bill Barr maintains that the Trump tweet had nothing to do with their decision to override the prosecutor's sentencing pitch. But the drama sparked a firestorm from critics saying that the White House influenced the trial. And more than 2,000 former officials from the Justice Department have called on Barr to resign. Which brings us to this morning, the sentencing hearing. DOJ sent new prosecutors to replace the ones who resigned. And those prosecutors told Judge Amy Berman Jackson that the Justice Department stands by that original sentencing memo and asked for a, quote, substantial period behind bars. In the lead-up to her sentencing decision, Judge Jackson laid out the case against Stone, calling him an insecure person who recklessly seeks attention and said he should spend 40 months behind bars, which is less than half of what prosecutors initially called for. What happens next? Well, Stone won't go to prison immediately. He's still challenging the ruling. And believe it or not, after all of this, there's still a chance that Stone won't go to prison at all. Because when you're a convicted felon, it helps to have a friend in the White House. President Trump just spent the last few days pardoning all kinds of high-profile convicted felons. Everyone from former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich to the former head of the NYPD, Bernie Carrick, both of whom served time for corruption. Trump has hinted that his big pardon energy might get extended to his old friend, Roger Stone. It hasn't happened yet, but if the past is prologue, that wouldn't be a surprise. It's Skim Money Thursday, and President Trump wants to help Americans buy more stocks? According to CNBC, the administration is looking at ways to drum up more interest in stock investments. This could be a way for the White House to boost the economy, which, although it has been growing for over a decade, is starting to slow down. So how does it plan to do that? Tax incentives. The idea is reportedly part of a stimulus package that will propose a lot of different tax cuts. When we get to see the details of that package is TBD. Now, the numbers aren't set in stone, but senior administration officials told CNBC that the proposal could let households invest $10,000 of their income, tax-free, into stocks outside of a traditional 401k. As long as those households earn a combined income of at least $200,000. This could mean that you get tax benefits when you invest in your future outside of saving for retirement with accounts that don't penalize you for withdrawing your funds before you reach a certain age. You know, like to help you pay for a home, or just in case you want to take a last-minute trip to Europe. But these changes would have to be approved by Congress. So right now, this is really just an idea that could sway voters in President Trump's direction as the race to 2020 heats up. For more on how the news affects your wallet and how to start investing, head on over to theskim.com money. Before we go today, what's less than five centimeters long and loud enough to fill the ocean? According to new research presented at this year's Ocean Sciences meeting in San Diego, the answer is snapping shrimp. If you've never heard of them, these compact crustaceans create and burst small underwater air bubbles with their teeny tiny claws as a way to communicate or hunt for food. When they do this, a little sound gets released, like a pop. 
But studies have found that as global ocean temperatures rise, these shrimp populations are really popping off. Turns out warmer water causes these shrimp to snap louder and more frequently. And with enough shrimp around, the noise can completely dominate a coastal soundscape. You can hear just how loud they get in this audio captured by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. It may just sound like a white noise machine to us, but this hullabaloo can actually have some serious consequences. Noise interference can make it harder for other marine life to communicate, like when mating. And for humans, the sound can even disrupt sonar instruments in submarines, which the U.S. Navy uses to detect mines on the ocean floor. So while the shrimp do rely on their snaps to survive, this noise takeover might be seen as a little bit shellfish. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 